Welcome to the HeatingHelp.com podcast, your source for HVAC tips and stories. I am your host, Erin Hollihan Haskell. Today I'm talking with Ray Wolfarth, commercial heating expert and industry author. Ray's Lessons Learned book series offers a common-sense approach to everything from servicing and installing commercial boilers to brewing with steam. You can find them in our store at heatinghelp.com, and you can learn more about Ray's seminars at boilerlessons.com. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Ray. Hi, Erin. I'm so excited. This is, this is great. We're thrilled to have you. I'd love to hear more about how you got your start in the heating industry. Well, I was planning on going to school to be a lawyer in high school, and right after high school, my dad was in a really bad auto wreck and could not work anymore. So I had to go to work to to earn money, so my relative was in uh, the trade union, the steam fitters, and said, this is a great opportunity. People always need heat. So I said, okay, I got involved, and, and uh, I loved it. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. just, I, I love technical things. And uh, so I got to um, got to learn all about systems and, and uh, kind of specialized in the boiler end of it. Great. Do you have any advice for new technicians who are just starting out? What I would suggest is one of the, the best things, I think, is, is to learn how systems operate. Anybody can look at components, but there's no better feeling in the world to go onto a job where there's been three or four people there and you understand systems and are able to get the heat or air conditioning going. And, uh, and, and it's rare to find someone in the industry that really does know how the entire system works. That's an excellent point. And speaking of lessons, I've heard you say that when you're replacing a commercial boiler, you should always assume that the existing boiler is installed incorrectly. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, I got kind of burnt on a couple of different jobs. What I found out, there's a, there's an unwritten rule in our industry that if you replace the boiler, you own the entire system. Mm-hmm. So what I found was we were replacing some boilers and the rest of the system was not working at all. Well, after we replaced the boiler, we were getting all these calls for things that had nothing to do with my boilers, but the people didn't know who to call. And so we, they kind of blamed, you know, it was that whole adage that you hear, uh, the thing worked fine before you put that new boiler of yours in there. So what I understood was that most of the systems not through the fault of the installers, but maybe through uh, maintenance over the years that people have have uh, changed things around and and they don't work the way they were supposed to work or where they were or the way they were designed. So I, I've gotten burned so many times that mm-hmm. I, I really hesitate when I go out onto a, a boiler replacement project now. That makes sense. Do you have any other tips for commercial boiler replacement jobs? What I like to do. Is, is I like to talk with the building owner. A, a lot of times we get a call, um, we're dealing with a mechanical uh, engineer, and I, I like to talk with the, the, the person that's maintaining the boilers, whether it's a custodian or a maintenance person, and just ask them. I, I like to ask a lot of questions. And, I, and again, where I assume that there's issues with the, the, uh, 
the boiler, I'll say, what areas are the most problematic for you? And and sure enough, there's going to be saying, oh, we can never get heat in this office, or, or this office is always roasting hot and we have to keep the windows open. Um, so if you're talking with those people that deal with this on a regular basis, they're going to kind of give you some heads up and, and places to look where you can find the problems and hopefully resolve them with your new boiler system. Mm-hmm. Now, in your book, Brewing with Steam, you mentioned that a commercial steam boiler is designed to last 20 to 30 years, but you've seen boilers destroyed in less than a year, which is astonishing. What can kill a boiler like that? Well, most most of it is, is um, if it's a steam boiler, it's water treatment. The We're seeing uh, the water is really not as good as it used to be. Uh, on that particular job where I was talking about in my book, the boiler was in there just over one heating season and the tube started to leak. And wow. so the director of maintenance was a very good friend of mine and he he was kind of put into a bind because the, the president of the university and the CFO were kind of upset because they just bought these boiler and it's leaking already and they blamed him and they blamed me. And so we got one of the boiler tubes replaced and we sent it out to have it evaluated and it came out that it was chlorine had done it oh. and what it was was uh do you remember in west virginia a couple of years ago where they had that chemical that spilled into their uh, their domestic water and everybody was sick and then there was counties that were just uh evacuated because of this Chlor- this um, mm-hmm. thing that got in there, uh, this chemical that got in there. Well, what happened was they used this um, large doses of chlorine into the water to kill whatever was left over, the residue, and this chlorine just killed this boiler. And so we, you know, we uh, I, I paid out of my own pocket to have this test done, but it was it vindicated us and it vindicated the owner. But we we see that. Steam boilers are just not being maintained and, and uh, water treatment. And uh, so people were, it was a one that was, a, we called about, it was a Saturday evening and I got a call from an installer friend of mine with a help. And I, I called him and it was a boiler they just put in a year ago. And it, within a year, the water, the low water cutoff had filled with mud and the boiler dry fired. And they had destroyed a boiler within a year wow. because they didn't do maintenance on there. So Mm -hmm. between the maintenance and the water treatment, I think that's what really uh, puts the dagger into the life of a steam boiler. Those are really good points, Ray. Never a dull moment in this industry, (laughs) Ray. No, no, I love it. (laughs) One of the many reasons why I love reading your monthly newsletter is because you share some great on-the-job stories like you just did right now. And to our listeners, if you're interested in receiving Ray's newsletter, you can sign up at BoilerLessons.com. One of the stories you told last month, Ray, was about the haunted thermostat. I loved it. Can you share that one with our listeners? Sure. We put boilers in, steam boilers into an old, old, old school that became a, a rehabilitation hospital. And right after the the boilers were in there, I got a call from the customer saying, the, uh, the, the boilers are going off at night, around 11 o'clock every night, and it, 
at six o'clock in the morning, they're coming back on. Mm-hmm. And we went crazy. We, we went through that whole building trying to figure out what, what it was. We thought, well, perhaps they were on a lights uh, with, with the uh, outdoor timer and we could not find it. And, and the maintenance person there, every time we come, he'd say, oh, this place is haunted. This place is haunted. <laughs> and when we couldn't figure out what was going on, he's going, oh, it's that ghost again. I'm like, there's no such thing as a ghost. Oh, yes, Ray, there's a ghost here. <laughs> so I, I put a data logger in there that, that monitors temperatures every 15 minutes. And sure enough, after a week, at 11 o'clock, the temperature would just start to go down. And at 6 a.m., it would come up. And we were like, what is going on? Well, here, what it turned out was we changed the uh, cover. It was a locking thermostat cover. We changed the cover to a new one. And the problems went away. It turned out that one of the per, one of the people that were in the hospital for rehab was a heating and air conditioning technician, and he had a key for the thermostat. And ah. he liked to sleep with the with the temperature cool at night, so he would turn the temperature all the way down to 60 degrees at night, and then before anybody got up, he would turn it back up to uh, 72. And we could not figure it out until uh, we changed that thermostat cover, the locking box cover. Now, when you changed the cover, did he say, oh, that was me? Can I have a new key? Well, on his way out the door. On his way out the door. Oh. He said, he said, uh, he, said I, he, he confessed. He said, I have to confess. He said, uh, that was me that was turning it down the whole time. And uh, he said, I, 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 when I'm in rehab, I, I couldn't sleep at night when it was warm. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I laugh about <laughs> it now, but it cost me a lot of uh, headaches and gray hairs back then. So he could sleep, but you couldn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, now, Ray, you wrote a book called Lessons Learned Selling HVAC Service, and in it you say, don't spill your candy in the lobby. What do you mean by that? Well, when when I first got uh, into the trade, I was a, a steam fitter, and I worked for a control company, and, um, and then I was involved with a really bad auto accident on the way home from work and I could not do the work anymore. So um, a friend of mine that was a contractor hired me on as a salesperson. Well, one of the first jobs I went to, I was talking with this building owner and I said to him, uh, I said, I, I think I can resolve your problem. And he said, well, how exactly would you do that? And I, I told him, and he said, would you mind showing me a little bit of a drawing and so I can tell it to my boss, and I'm sure we're going to get you your company to do the work. And I said, sure enough, you know, and I thought, great, I'm able to resolve this problem. And I, I went back to the office and told my boss, well, we're going to get this job. I know it. And and about three days later, I get a request for bid to do exactly what I had put on this drawing that I made for the guy. He cropped my name off the <laughs> paper and and made it like it was one of his own. And we bid on the job. We did not get it. Oh, then gosh. the person had the nerve to call me and said, you know what, that that uh, you, that didn't work. You need to come out here and figure out what's going on. <laughs> and I was nailing I was furious. And I went back and I talked with my boss. And, and he, he uh, handed me a cup of coffee and he said, well, you spilled your candy in the lobby. And I said, what does that mean? He said, that means that you... Gave away all your tricks before you got paid for them. He said, "He said what you have to do is you have to tell the people and assure them that you can fix it, but you don't want to tell them how you're going to do it until they agree to, to your terms." So that's why I, it was a lesson learned that I uh, 
got burnt a little bit, but it never happened to me after that. So, so no more spilling candy. No. <laughs> well, that's excellent advice. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. We really appreciate it, Ray. I enjoy it, and I love what you're doing with the uh, site. Thank you. And if our listeners are interested in reading Ray Wolfarth's books, you can find them in our store at heatinghelp.com. Ray also teaches seminars, and you can find more information about them at boilerlessons.com. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode about putting an end to Water Hammer once and for all.